you might be looking for reasons, but there are no reasons. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amadhan, and the quote from this week is by Nina LaCour. Hold Still is the book that it comes from, and the theme around it is, well, pretty obvious. It's regret. Regret, resentment, however you want to call it. I also think there are some parallel themes going on here, like purpose and motivation and or explanation and justification for the things that we want to figure out but can't really put our finger on you know we paint so many pictures with words and it's always beautiful to do that it's always satisfying to hear someone else say what we can't or write down the things that we feel but sometimes things are mysterious it's just what it is and isn't that also the beauty of life take that in maybe go check out hold still by nina lacour to see if there's any other great gems like this one in the book let's go to sila the center for equitable library access offers us three featured titles right on their home page along with of course their catalog of audiobooks and ebooks um available in your favorite format if you go to celalibrary.ca that's where you can find all these books and the three featured titles i mentioned up there are Queen Charlotte by Julia Quinn. This is a historical romance. We also have Page Boy by Elliot Page, and this is an LGBTQ plus biography slash memoir. Snow Road Station by Elizabeth Hay is a family stories, and that is also up there for you to check out. And along with these three feature titles, you can find many other Summer Reads. I say Summer Reads because we've had the last two conversations here on the podcast. Incredible talk about Summer Reads and what's available for us up there. We're visiting, as we do once a month, with Sarah Hillis talking about our favorite narrators. We pick a narrator and we go through their process, their background, how they got to where they are as some of our favorite voices in the audiobook world. And today we're hitting our second golden voice of 2023. It's fantastic to feature some of these people with accolades and it's also cool that they're getting accolades to begin with so we can feature them, talk about them, and enjoy their performances through their stories and their explanations of how they do what they do and why they enjoy it. This is AMI Audiobook Review, the weekly podcast where we chat all things audiobooks. And once a month, we get to know some of the voices that we enjoy listening to in the audiobook world. So Sarah Hillis joins us and we feature a voice, a notable narrator in the world of audiobooks. And we shout out these voices behind our favorite listens and get to know their fascinating lives and backgrounds. This month, we are going through our golden voices, one of the 2023 Audiophile Magazine Golden Voices features. Sarah, who's up? Well, uh, our second golden voice of this little series is Marin Ireland. 
Mm-hmm. And she's not a narrator I've actually encountered before, but it looks like she's done a lot of work in the last 11 years or so. Uh, she started narrated, narrating in 2012 and uh, has done a lot of kind of modern fiction. I think probably some kind of fantasy, some horror, some things like that. Like just lots of different uh, kinds of stuff um, over the years. Uh, she's done Frederick Backman's Beartown series, which I, I don't know if it's German or Dutch, but it's it's English translations of of these series, which which people have praised her for. And uh, she won an Audie for um, Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson, uh, which it, that was in 2020. Uh, and that's another thing that people have kind of praised her for uh, critically. Um, she is an actress. She was born in uh, California, I guess, and went to a, prof- a progressive kind of elementary school that doesn't exist anymore, she says. <laughs> it, was pro- oh. it was like private, but it was... <laughs> It just, I guess it lost money. Who knows? I don't know. Okay. But uh, So she got to do a lot of interesting things. But when she was a kid, she wasn't very, you know, publicly minded. She didn't like, she wasn't one of these kids that was like, I want to sing and dance and do whatever. She really didn't. She read a lot of books, actually. Mm. And then once she figured out that acting could kind of let you be someone else for a while, that was what sort of drew her to it. So it was less about being acclaimed. It was more about the actual art of doing doing the acting that's an interesting perspective so because a lot of the people we've featured um talk about going into performance right away and getting right into this and being that being a big priority of theirs maybe through background of their parents or just where they grew up and such yeah yeah she she was actually pretty you know I don't know if she was actually solitary but she said she read a lot of books and to me Mm. being a bookish child myself that translates into Having a lot of time on your hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you were uh, always interested in performance, no? Um, I, I actually, in I guess if if it, you know if I have to say it, I, I guess I just did it a lot because they, they made me do it at school. <laughs> they made me. Do well, they it. didn't make me do it, but <laughs> yeah. But it, it was again. It was never about like, look at me, I'm awesome. It was like, right. well. I guess I have this skill this and I guess we're going to mm. try it out and yeah. Okay. So. All right. So back to Marin. She went to, <laughs> she went <laughs> to books. Thank you, Barbara Walters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a familiar voice. I mean, uh, name. So Marin was more interested in books and then when did it all kind of click for her not narration necessarily but all the other stuff leading into yeah I think it was in her young adulthood she started performing in plays and she realized that the characters were just so interesting to her that she she really loved embodying the characters and so yeah she just kept doing more and more plays she ended up going for the last couple years of high school to a boarding school for the arts um like you know fame or whatever you know mm-hmm. and uh, then she uh, she went to the conservatory of drama at the university of connecticut which a, a couple at least one other person we've looked at has done so that's a pretty mm-hmm. famous school that i take it and from there she went to new york and kind of hung out in new york and got you know various off-broadway roles and and uh, started working in tv a little bit um she's been in almost every law and order franchise uh, as a random character like on a given episode kind of deal um, and tr- from 2002 onward was kind of when that started to happen. 
And yeah, uh, she started narrating, interestingly, in a really fun way. She was actually handpicked by an author. He Jeffrey oh. Jeffrey Deaver had seen her in something. He he's the Lincoln Rhyme guy. Um, if for people that that probably know him, right? He does all the the Lincoln Rhyme books uh, about the the forensic guy that's in a that's in a wheelchair and stuff. And um, I, I forget what book it was and and what if it was. I think it might have been that same series, but I'm not sure because there's a female. Uh, person involved in it later on too mm. um so he saw marin in something she doesn't even remember what he saw her in but he i guess he talked to his the publishers and said i'd like that voice to narrate my my book and so simon and schuster said would you like to do this and she's like sure i guess you know i don't know i've never done it before but then she really just loved the experience so much it was a, a quick quick you know, get to grips with how to do this kind of thing and then just do it kind of thing. And, and she, she rolled with it and she really liked it. Um, she's Serendipitous. A, yeah, it was really kind of neat. She's a very instinctive narrator, she says. She doesn't, like, put a lot of notes on pages like some narrators do. Uh, she uses, like, if for a series, she'll use clips from the, the, the other books to make sure her voices are, you know, consistent and that kind of thing. But she just listens as she reads. She hears what she's reading in her head, which is an interesting talent. I guess, is that really skill? She Going back to what she calls herself, which is an instinctive narrator, um, some of these people's kind of like intuition of how to do things is just as interesting to follow as skill development, right? Because all these other things that she did, which is performance-based and going to school for it and... Um, you know, having experience with film and TV before getting into narration. Like, I always wonder, is it a 50-50? It's a bit of that, but also you just know what would sound good. Yeah, hear it. I think because when she reads a script, she's always looking for the voices of the characters in the writing of mm -hmm. that. And she she feels that books can do the same thing, even down to the narrative voice, even to the rhythm of the prose. It can it can show you how you should be reading the book if you're, if you're paying attention. Um, so she's very much about like everything she reads is like a drama in her head. Like everything right. she absorbs it, she absorbs it that way, I guess, because she is an actor first, I guess. Yeah. And then the real skill would be to take that out of your head and then put it down in audio, right? Like to, to make that performance match what you think it's supposed to sound like. Yeah, yeah. So she she tends to go in the studio. She she'll say to the producer, "I'm going to try this. I hope you don't think it's too over the top, but I'm going to try this and see how you like it. And then if you want to correct me, you can go ahead and do that." But you know, she's she's not. They don't like. I mean, sometimes they must discuss a little bit, but mostly it's just mm. she just kind of goes for it and uh, yeah, and and lets the producer guide her in that sense. But mostly just does what she feels yeah. the book calls for, I guess. Interesting. Um, what kind of TV has she taken part in? Uh, she's been TV? in, again, the Law and Order stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And she was certainly in Amazon's... I haven't watched this show, mind you. It's it's called Sneaky Pete. She was Julia Bowman in Sneaky Pete, and that was a main, more main role. That was in 2015 to 2019. She's been in, again, another show I've never watched, which feels wrong somehow, The Umbrella Academy <laughs> on oh, Netflix. Yeah. She played Sissy Cooper there. And uh, um, what other things has she's uh, she's done lots of movies, uh, most of them more kind of independent, 
movies um, and lots of plays that are more, I would say, more modern in scope. Um, she's I, I forget if she's actually won a Tony, but she's had Tony nominations for sure. And she's won a Theatre World Award uh, and she's won a couple film awards for various movies that she's been in. Um, she was in The Irishman, uh, which I can't remember. I can't remember her character, but I did watch that movie because <laughs> it was one that went straight to streaming, right? That was the big thing about The Irishman. It didn't even hit theaters because it was a pandemic. And and uh, Martin, Martin Scorsese, of course, did that movie. And, so uh, yeah. she's had, um, I guess, not necessarily minor roles, but, you know, one-off roles and things like Sissy and Umbrella Academy was... Uh, several episodes but not like a recurring character and such so she takes on jobs everywhere yeah she has a pretty busy schedule in fact um she has at least in the early days for sure and possibly even now she can't always read a whole book before she starts narrating you know we've talked about these (laughs) narrators that are meticulous in their in their reading and she tries really hard but she's just so busy that Mm -hmm. um she uh, she tries to get the pertinent stuff to make sure she's not going to mess up and like give someone the wrong accent or something like this. Right. But sometimes the end comes and she's like, oh, and she has to like keep it together, even though it's like a, a really heart wrenching ending or something because she hasn't read it before. <laughs> and she's in the studio trying to, you know, <laughs> she's having a candid reaction. Yeah. To yeah. Her own reads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of love that. You know, I'd be the person to do that. Yeah. Not that I do now, not uh, admitting to anything. Nope. But um, it's, it's kind, of a, kind of an interesting approach, almost artistic if you think about it. You're responding along with the um, audience to what you're reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, she's also very good at using silence, like a lot of our narrators. Uh, mm. She doesn't, like, I, I read uh, Sleeping Beauties by Stephen King and Owen King. It's a crazy novel. But it has some really serious bits in it. It's a total weirdo, you know, horror, odd kind of novel, full of blood and gore and all the rest of it. But Stephen King-esque. Yeah. Um, But then there's these serious parts, like this this white cop has to deal with the fact that she reacted too quickly and shot a black woman, admittedly in a supernatural setting, but it was still... um, She came back from the supernatural setting and she had to live with the fact that she had done this just and would I have would I have reacted so quickly if it was a white woman I saw with a gun in her hand because uh yeah the black woman was actually trying to do a good thing but she didn't know that and yeah it really messed her up and and I think Marin Ireland did a great job of narrating the thoughts of the woman and because she just was totally destroyed by mm. what she had done she didn't think of herself as that sort of a cop you know and it was it was now, cool yeah yeah, and, and of course, it's kind of interesting to think about, like, um, how the people translate. And we've talked about this in the past, right? How uh, performance translates from stage to film to uh, TV, even. Like, if you're making the distinction between the two, to narration. And also, when people can hear your voice in their work, like an author, producer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, did she talk about that? like having to work directly with authors? Well, there was one time when, I don't, don't know if she really worked directly with the author herself, but she was narrating Pine- Pineapple Street, Pineapple Street by Jenny Jackson. And Jenny Jackson just kind of showed up at the studio to kind of see what was going on. I don't think she was 
you know, going to put her oar in or anything, but she was just like, oh, how's the book going kind of thing. And, and mm. here's Marin's, you know, she saw her through the glass and she's like, oh my gosh. Um, so I'm still have to narrate while this woman who wrote this thing is listening to me. Oh, she felt the pressure, <laughs> huh? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. I never thought of it that way. Like, I guess if your process is so completely separate from the narrator, oh, sorry, from the author, because not everyone's is, right? Like, some people are making it a um, project to work directly with the author or have conversations with them or kind of dig a little deeper into that side of things. Uh, production notes, maybe. But <laughs> for other narrators, it's like, oh, I don't know. I never thought about it this way. Like, the author's going to hear me narrate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, okay, what else? Um, she, I'm curious about her vocal her, preparation. Her, um, yeah, she's pretty uh, pretty conscientious about that um, because she does a lot of plays and you have to project your, your voice and such to hit the back of the room, you know, as they say. But, uh, you know, if you do a lot of... If you're doing a play as well as doing a book you have to kind of chill out a little bit on both ends so that you're not ruining your voice. Because, uh, yes, the book is more intimate, but you have to work for a really sustained period of time. Mm. Uh, so it still is hard on your voice. So I think she's discovered a bit that less can be more uh, in terms of using her voice carefully and not uh, not messing with it too much. Now, you're a vocalist. We're getting to know you a lot this <laughs> month as well, Sarah. <laughs> yes, apparently. <laughs> okay, so you you sing and you know you've had experience with um, theatrical work and such. Do you find uh, do you have any like techniques or um, things that you do to take care of your voice? This is something that I've been getting into lately. I'm loving hearing actors and actresses uh, and operatic singers, just people who are you know Broadway, where you're using your voice so much. And so often, but it's your your uh, tool, right, for work. It's what's getting you paid. So you're also kind of making sure that your vocal cords are chilling. <laughs> I actually <laughs> am a bad um, vocal uh, uh, take care carer of her. I, I don't do a lot of special stuff for my voice, mm. and I probably should because I don't think it's as strong as as it could be. Um, I was born. I had some growths on my vocal cords that had to be lasered off off when I was about oh. two. And so I, I was talking in a really a whispery voice when I was really little. Mm. And then, so I don't know that the voice is, is quite as, I mean, I go to a big, a big social event for like a weekend event. And by the end of it, I can hardly talk because uh, I haven't done much with, with taking care of my voice. I've been, you know, using microphones and yelling and talking, you know, hi, you know, <laughs> and it gets to mm. me after a while. So no, I'm not the best. I've heard pineapple juice. I've heard a lot of things. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's always know. something out there. But then I think along the lines of rest as well, right? Like yeah. how do you rest when vocals are your main gig? Oh, yeah. You just make and sure you, get, you know, don't drink too much alcohol when you're ready to use your voice, uh, that, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So. And for her, um, uh, Marin, she was talking about uh, that translation of um, – visual media, stage presence, all that stuff to narrating, which is sitting in a studio. Yeah, thread. you have to sit Common really, thread. really, really, really still. It's totally exhausting because you have to not be tense because that messes with your voice, but you also have to not move. <laughs> so mm. You have to be still and relaxed. 
And she's talking about um, when when you when you wait around on a set, it can be quite exhausting too because you, you you're not working until they call you to work. They say come in for the shoot, but you know we're gonna call you when it's time. You know, mm-hmm. and she finds that really exhausting. But she also finds like the work of sitting in that studio for hours on end an exhausting process. It would be hours on end. Like when I think of a twenty-five, thirty-hour book, and then how. Um, not even how long one session is, but how many sessions it takes to go through that book, whether or not you've read it. First of all, then adding, having read the book ahead of time is like, wow, that is a lot of work. Um, but, you know, being able to deliver consistently, because you're not doing a 30-hour book in one day. That's horrifying. Oh, no. Um, no, right? But then that 30-hour book has to, those segments have to fit uh, nicely next to each other, so you got to find that spot again, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that when I do vocal, like speaking, and I record, and I have to take a break, it's always a bit hard to find the rhythm I was using before mm-hmm. and make the edit not sound ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. That's why voice work is so interesting because um, with anything actually, like whether it's interacting. Um, more with other people like video games or whatever where there's a lot more back and forth and dialogue and drama um, or doing just one sit down because don't you recognize that like sometimes when I listen to an audiobook I can tell that this was recorded separately or this was a retake or yeah you know, this section sounds like you just woke up <laughs> yeah sometimes the compression level is different sometimes the microphone right. usage is slightly different you can tell yeah does re-listening um to you know a couple minutes or whatever that would probably be helpful i think a lot of people do it that way yeah and she mm-hmm. she she does it that way too mm-hmm. that's cool and so obviously she enjoys narration as its own thing yeah she does she it actually helps her connect to her family because her sister lives in germany and her sister's always like marin i've run out of your books you have to narrate another book for me like like so oh, she, i love that <laughs> so she narrates like she narrates to her sister or to her family like that's that's the people she's sort of talking to in her mind when she's doing this mm. yeah i really like that and has she talked uh, recently about taking on other work or what kind of work she would prefer doing, things like that, you know, season narrator stuff. Um, I, not, she hasn't really said too much. Um, she did a book just March twenty twenty three. It got released, so she's still working on books, obviously. Um, and my the name of it just escapes me right now. <laughs> oh, it's an Owen King book, another Owen King book. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, she she mostly I think works with Simon and Schuster, but I think she's done other other publishers too. Right. Um, so I think it's basically they throw her stuff and she's like, sure, because she really finds it hard to say no to anything. Uh, um, and the only time she's ever said no, actually, was when she just couldn't fit it in her schedule. It wasn't to do with the book or anything like that. It was mm-hmm. just, I can't do it. I'm too busy right now. So to, for when you need me to do it. Right. So, yeah. yeah. OK. And we're wrapping up. But I realized we didn't even talk about what her uh, sound is like. What it's, do you th- it's really nice. It's really nice. It's really, um, well, it's kind of like how I talk a little bit lower voice, um, pretty steady as far as the narration goes, um, able to do obviously amazing characters, accents, um, dramatic stuff. And then to come back down again and do this lovely sort of narration that just takes you along with the story. She, she, Mm. she uses the author's writing to, to, to tell her how to narrate and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I found her um, performances 
like her style to be very steady. You know, she doesn't go in and out very dramatically from uh, voice to voice or character to uh, narration kind of thing, which I liked. I liked having that kind of smooth uh, flow. Yeah, but like it also the, depends on the book, I guess. Yeah, the book I read had a bunch of Appalachian accents in it, and she's very, very really? good at the voice. Oh, I did oh, not. Oh, it's awesome! To that. It's it's just <laughs> completely amazing. So yeah, she has that dramatic range. Te- definitely, she can do a, a more okay. steady book and a more uh, yeah more over the top kind of book too. When she was sissy on Umbrella Academy, she had a lot of great crying scenes. Okay, I really mm. have to watch this show now. It's a good show. <laughs> it's a good show. Extra plug. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, well, I mean, is it fair to ask you who you think we're going to feature for August? Well, I know we're going to feature our third golden voice. We have a third golden voice. This is Kevin R. Free. Uh, And I know nothing about this person at this point, so we're going to learn about him together. We'll learn together uh, for the second half of summer. Thanks, Sarah. No problem. We were talking Marin, Ireland for today's Know Your Narrator. And that's it for this week, AMI Audiobook Review. If you want to hang out with us, join us next week for a brand new episode where we talk all things audiobooks. I'm your host, Ramia Amadin, with technical producer Nisreen Abdel-Majid. And until that next episode comes your way, happy audiobook listening. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.